Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, an outer cycle update inspired by a write-up that I'm currently about to publish, but I felt an audio form of the same was important because I'm trying to increase accessibility of what I publish rather than assuming reading. I want to also have audio for those that are not able to read it or don't have the time to read it or are not inclined to read it or simply for a disability sake are not able to partake in what I'm sharing. So I thought audio of the same was going to be appropriate. It's not because of anything other than just creating an audio representation of it. And this is this notion that's becoming more common, sadly, for rug pulls. And of course, rug pulls are not specific to crypto. They're specific to any sort of trading of commodities. And I want to start with a very oversimplified definition. When I say oversimplified, I'm saying this is not something that your college educator told you. This is something that is trying to dumb it down to the bare basics of really at the core, what are we talking about here? So for those that are college educated, you're going to, in your mind, say, well, that's not what my teacher told me, of course, because they're teaching you from a book and I'm sharing from experience. So at the dumbest level possible, a rug pull is where I have, the, the term comes from this idea of the, I load a bunch of stuff onto something and then I pull the rug out and cause everything to crash and burn. In crypto world, mostly, is where you're going to see it more than in the stock world because stock, to its contrary, has certain regulatory things in place that mitigate a true rug pull doesn't mean it can't still happen, but it's harder to do it because of the regulations that are inherent to the trading and stock market. It's harder to do it. It's not impossible to do it, but it's harder to do it. When you look at a crypto and it's valued at X, whatever X happens to be, you'll know that you've hit a rug pull if that crypto has gotten to X over time. So there's been whatever marketing, whatever activities, there's been an increase in holders, there's been an increase in transactions, and it's gotten to a point of a certain price level. Then an event happens. When I say an event, and I'm saying it that way on purpose, the event could be literally anything. It could be that a developer went rogue and hit a button and it funneled X amounts of crypto to their personal whatever. Could be that the company shuts down and stops responding. There's tons of different events. So try not to focus on the event, focus on the aftermath, which is this event has occurred. And as a result, it has negatively impacted the value of that crypto to a degree that the vast majority of those holding no longer have the value that they should have based on their position. What do I mean? If you have a position, let's say your current position's value is $1,000. And you know, at least from all of the data that's out there, that there should be millions and millions of holders. It should be very difficult for your value to go from 1,000 to 100, as an example. Because the only way that could really happen is if millions and millions of people sold off all at the same time, or if despite having millions and millions, you really just had two or three people who held 90% of the volume or 90% of the inventory rather, and they sold off. Ultimately, the, vo the volume that's held has been sold off in mass 
and there's not enough buy pressure to mitigate that drop in value. When that happens, your, your value is going to drop with that same level of aggression, and that's the rug pull. The cause, again, could be any event you can think of, but the point is when this happens, you are impacted because you put money in, whether it's just the money you put in or your gains that you should have, were there not a pull? Well, you wouldn't expect there to be a significant drop in the value in a short period of time. It doesn't make any sense. There's always buy and sell activities. The buy activity normally should mitigate the sell activity to where there's going to be these peaks and valleys I talked about. But it's rare that you would have a mass sell-off unless there was some event that caused people to believe it was more advantageous for them to sell off en masse rather than to hold it. Now, given that, if your developer, let's say, I'll theorize, let's say your developer just so happened to have implemented a burn mechanic and as part of the burn mechanic slipped in some code that said, every time you transact business with this token, I want you to send 3% to this other wallet over here. The contract code is public. You can go and you can view it. You can review it. Of course, unless if you've gone through an audit, a true audit, most people are going to look at the code and think nothing's wrong. Or they just simply won't understand what they're looking at. Most of the code is pretty easy to follow. But unless you go through a full-on audit, there's no real way to really understand what's going on under the hood. And as a result, you could have nefarious actors slipping stuff in there, and you wouldn't even know it. But the other half of this is you could have perfectly clean code, meaning it does what it's supposed to do, but they haven't done the extra levels of due diligence necessary to avert this type of a pull, things such as renouncing ownership. If you have ownership over any of the volume, technically you are entitled to the value of that volume. Technically, there's nothing saying that you could not withdraw because you own it. This is all legal stuff. And they're all commodities. So you can write that into contract and say, I own X value regardless. No matter what happens, I own this or I'm entitled to this. And if I have not renounced it in documentation that is publicly reviewable and I've not gone through an audit to vet it, it's possible that somebody could take that money and run Dash with it. You wouldn't know it as an investor. That's why due diligence is important to make sure that you go through it and you review it and make sure that such is not in place. All the way to the reflection mechanic that I talked about, which is redistribution. Basically, it's a fee that's taken out of sell behavior and buy behavior, and it's redistributed to all the other holders. And it's a percentage but the percentage and the level of the amount that you get is based on your current stake, how much you have. Well, what's to say that the there's such a mechanic in there, but when it's a certain address, so in this case, the developer, that percentage is 4% instead of 2%. These are the things you want to look at that you most common investors I'm seeing are not bothering to look at. So the rug pull is literally that I had a value of whatever it was, and suddenly something happened, and now my value is gone, and they're gone. And I can try all I care to, to 
find them and get my money back. But remember, this is not a fully regulated industry. If that happens, you are not getting your money back if this happened on one of these so-called, quote, meme coins, for example. If it happened with something like Ethereum, which is rare, but if it happened on something like Ethereum, you may have something to work with. If it happened on something like Cardano, you may have something to work with. Ultimately, though, the regulations are not truly in your favor. And unless if you're wealthy, you're not going to really have much of a case to try to go after these people. You just have to kind of deal with it, that live and learn. So the frustration with rug pulls is that there are two, maybe three, but I'll target two types of investors. There are the people that believe in the project. They believe in what's being proposed. They believe in the strategy. They believe in the people. And then there's people who just want to get get money. That's not to say that the first group doesn't want to get money, simply that it's not their priority. Their priority is the support of the project, support of the people, support of the team, and a belief that's the right answer. The second is really where you're going to find these people that don't care to listen to due diligence. And then the hypocrisy sets in because they're so pushing back on anything that's negative. All they see is that their stake, their value is going up, 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 up. And they're not listening to people trying to tell them, yes, that's potential evidence of a rug pull. And we're just saying, be aware, these flags have shown up. These things have happened that should not happen if it's a robust, legit token. And we're warning you to be aware of the science. And they'll just attack you and they'll cuss you and they'll do all this stuff because all they see is the profit. Well, then what happens? The rug pull happened, and now, instead of saying, you know what, bully on me, I did it wrong, I should have listened to you, I should not have attacked you, the internet, you know, bamboozled me, whatever, I should have listened to you, you were right, they'll just attack you again and say, oh, you're just trying to rub people's face. No, we're trying to help you avoid getting your money taken from you, but you're going to have to stop treating the internet as your enemy first and second. You're going to have to realize that sometimes you got to hear stuff you don't want to hear in order to try to help you. That's all. Now, I can't help those people that don't want to help themselves. At the end of the day, if they believe that the profit now is all it is and they think they're good enough, frankly, if they think they're good enough to yank their money out before the rug pull sets, that's on them. I know from Robin Hood in the past and Schwab in the past and others in the past that they have no problems freezing your ability to sell out if they see that there's something that's going to impact their liquidity pools, meaning that you could get caught in a situation where there was a rug pull that you didn't foresee and they block it and now you can't get your money out and now you're you're screwed, to use another term, all because you refuse to listen to somebody trying to help you and give you warning signs. They likely did not guarantee something would happen. They said these are flags. These are red flags. And you should be aware of them. And you should be worried about them. It's very similar with the whole vaccines. There are flags. There are red flags about the vaccines that nobody wants to address other than millions got it. No, no, no. Let's give some data about these red flags. And let's work through them. And if you acknowledge that they're true you should then understand the skepticism and the, the risk that we're calling out. Same thing. There's unfortunately now the emotional reaction of I'm going to ignore anything that is criticism of what I believe 
and ignore any of the due diligence that you've given simply because it contradicts what I believe. You're free to do that. But with rug pulls, the money at stake and the fact that you are not regulatory protected to a full degree causes people to make, in my opinion, poor decisions. And then they don't acknowledge, and this is the real problem, they don't acknowledge, you know what, you were right, I should have listened to you, I'm listening now. That's not what they do. They just get more angry that you were right. It's like, sorry, I tried to warn you of this. So let me break down a couple of things here that you can look for if you are getting into crypto and you actually will listen, you actually do want to know. Let me give you a couple of things that you want to look for. And again, I talked about the project. I talked about the white paper and my rubric for the white paper. That's one of the starting points is do they even have a white paper? And if they do have a white paper, is it a robust white paper? But also the token itself. Let's talk about just the mechanics of the token. When you set up a token, you define the initial, the starting inventory. And that inventory should be very well thought out in terms of where you expect the growth of the token to be and the vector of growth. Because at some point, you're going to hit a capacity. You're going to hit where there's no more inventory available. Or you might create it as an inflationary token like Doge, where you're going to create inventory over time to kind of keep pace with inflation. Or you're going to make it deflationary, where it's just a finite set of tokens and they're going to be distributed to however many holders. And at some point, yes, there's going to be, we're going to run out. You make these decisions when you write the contract up front for the token. Most of these, quote, meme coins start with a significant inventory. We're talking about one quadrillion or 100 quadrillion or one quintillion I've seen, which is stupid. But they'll start with a significant inventory because what they're trying to do is make it easy for anybody to buy in and make it appealing because, and I've argued, I'll even say, I've argued with people about this second point. The psychological effect of looking in your wallet or your broker or your exchange and seeing that you own millions of whatever or billions of whatever or trillions of whatever, it is psychological. I can't stress to you enough why that is important and why so many seem to overlook. It is psychological that people want to see that. It is not fun. The truth is you can own Bitcoin right now for a dollar, but nobody is going to resonate when you look in there and you see that there's, I believe, eight, seven or eight zeros before you hit a one and you don't own one coin or one token. Psychologically, it doesn't make sense to them. That's why the percentage of those who buy into crypto still remains vastly understated. It's low. It's like 3%, 4%, 5% of the population available is really investing in crypto could you imagine if we got smarter about our pricing to where more and marketing to where more people bought into this thing, we would have wider adoption. The reason we don't is because psychologically it makes better sense when somebody can own more for less. That's just one on one of it. So when you have these mean quote mean coins come in with this significant inventory and all of a sudden you can spend $10 and end up with a billion of these coins, psychologically, it has an effect that you are, you're looking at and saying, this is awesome. I like this. I'm going to keep doing this. So now you look down the list and you're going to see Kishu Inu, Keanu Inu, Floki Inu, and all these other ones. And they have the same price point to get in. 
10 bucks and I got billions and billions and billions and billions and I feel like I'm doing something. And the beauty is that the ones that will succeed, because they are one in a few, but the ones that will succeed potentially could make you a millionaire one day. Obviously, the amount of money you put in is going to expedite that process. But the point is, and a lot of these regular traders, insider, you know, investors, they don't understand the psychological benefit of why that makes sense. To them, it's stupid because all they're thinking about is it's just trading, just do it. That makes sense when you've been in crypto for years and you understand not to care other than your value that you put in. But when you're new to it, psychologically, even when you're not new to it, even when you've been doing it for a while, you will feel better about that one investment where you have a billion tokens versus that one where you only got three, even though the dollar amount is equivalent of the two of them. That's what's frustrating about crypto and educating new users is to get them to break the innate belief that it's all about the dollar amount up front. Don't worry about the dollar amount necessarily for your for your value. Worry about what you're trying to get long term in terms of how much you're going to put in and how much you want to get out. That will come to a certain number of tokens for each of the investments some of them are going to be higher. Some of them are going to be lower. Don't worry about the ones that are lower. Just focus on where you want to be in your portfolio and where you want to be in your total value. That's hard. So this inventory that they start with is to get more people to buy in because it's cheaper and you can own more tokens up front. However, it creates the risk, higher risk, of the pump and dump scenario and the whale sell-offs because obviously... Your millionaires see that, okay, I can own $100 trillion of these guys for $50,000, which is chump change to me. If that person, when that person sells out because it just dropped one zero and that person sells out, guess what? Everybody's affected. So it goes both ways and you have to be aware that that risk is there. That still isn't a rug pull. That's just a natural, it, it's a risk that you're always going to incur when you start with the high inventory for a lower price versus a more reasonable inventory, and then you got to deal with the psychological effects of it. The second thing to watch out for are your developers. When I say the developers, I'm talking the team that's behind the project, the token. They should be aware and available to answer any of the concerns coming from the community, they should not actively delete it. They should not mute it. They shouldn't hide from it. They should want the smoke. I had this conversation with someone. It's like, it doesn't matter if I give you feedback, public or private. It's still feedback that you should ideally act on, even if the acting is just to say, I appreciate your feedback and nothing else. Because what that does, the fact that it's public sends a message to any potential investors that you want that smoke. When you duck it and you hide from it, or you avoid it and you don't address it and you're not willing to speak to it, it comes across shady. Your intent might not be that. Might be you're just not a good talker. That's fine. But still put something in response to any feedback you get. That shows you want to smoke. SHIB does a good job of this because the leader and the community, by and large, will speak to every time we see, you know, Doge is going to surpass SHIB again and SHIB is still a scam and SHIB is going to go down. She's going to drop two zeros and SHIB is going to fill this. And they just kind of take it off the shoulder and respond at least, but they don't actively try to hide or delete or mute any of this stuff. They just try to disprove it. 
that lends credibility to it. It lends credibility to the community. It lends credibility to the token because you're, you want the smoke. You're not ducking from feedback. So when you have certain tokens, and I'll even call out Satama on this one, certain tokens where the developer team stays in their little corner. They don't want to go to all their users. They don't want to give straight answers. They mute feedback. They don't want to hear due diligence and they're trying to hide that stuff. I'm sorry, but that's sketchy. And it, it lowers the credibility of the token where you might otherwise have a fantastic project, but you're not able to get it over that last hurdle. And unfortunately, the community, because we have so many new traders, so many retail traders that are new to crypto and they're just getting into this or new to these meme coins and they're just getting into it, all they see is the dollar signs in their wallet. All they see is the money and they're not thinking long term. If if we were right and it turns out this is a rug pull, you're not going to come back to us and say, you know what? You were right. We should have listened to you. You're going to be angry and you're going to stay angry and that's cool. But why do that when we're supposed to be a community helping each other? And by helping each other, we help each other avoid sketchiness and avoid that risk as much as possible and create stronger tokens so that we all get rich. That's what we've lost in the quote community. And the last point that's highlighted in almost any of these true rug pulls is that your community of people around a certain token would rather attack than critically think. I'm going to expand this to a ton of them, but when you looked at tokens such as Cardano, I'll use Cardano. Cardano is a fantastic project. To this day, I argue it's going to go to peaks that even we can't wrap our head around. Polygon, which used to be Matic, has transformed itself to now be an up-and-comer that may surpass Cardano in the short term. I still think Cardano has long-term I think it set the precedent for how things could be long before any of these other ones showed up. Solana came in. Solana has done great things, but they botched the initial pieces and then tanked the project. And so now they're kind of in recovery mode. I think Solana will get to a point at some point in the future that it's strong profit. I think Cardano is strong. I also think Polygon will be strong. But if you were to go to any of these communities, especially Cardano, the problem is, is that they're always in attack mode to everybody else. So there's not really between them a singular crypto community. They're in attack mode. And true, crypto is a bunch of tokens and coins that are essentially in competition with one another for your money. This is factually true. However, when you have mistakes made by a token, and I, I just talked about, they're not willing to do the opposite, which is to say, you know what? You're right. We didn't see that. We refused to listen to you. Now we're listening. Let's talk about how we can do better together because we're all trying to make money. Or how can we help each other avoid rug pulls and other scams, avoid pump and dumps, avoid this kind of noise together? Rather, individuals are taking it upon themselves to just simply go all in on a token or a set of tokens and simply because they see that it went up X amount, to them, it's solid. It's kosher. They're not caring about the white paper. They're not caring about the due diligence. They're not caring about the background. Keanu Inu is another one. Keanu Inu is one where I actually, I have a stake in Keanu primarily because I see that they're trying to create something out of it. They do have decent due diligence backing it. I don't see significant concerns. But Keanu 
had a it was not a rug pull, but it had a significant failure at the, at a point in the past. Keanu was doing what a lot of these different tokens will do to try to help themselves, and I think it's a mistake, but they're all doing it, which is they will try to pair up with these celebrities, whether it's rappers or actors or somebody that has a significant social media following. They'll try to create this partnership that says, hey, we want you to pitch our deal and we want to have you share it to your followers and increase awareness of it. And then we'll give you a stake or whatever, or say, we'll let you buy in, whatever. But they're trying to create these strategic partnerships with key people who have social media exposure. Then they'll try to coordinate some event where they're inviting more people and have these key people come to the events and do what they do, whether it's rap or it's whatever, and then have the fans come to the events and then collect money from that and then do this. And so they're doing this social outreach to try to drum up interest in the token. Keanu did that at one point in the past. It spiked the value of the token to an nth degree. Whoever they had to come to this event backed out at the last minute. This wasn't the developer's fault. The developer had every reason to believe it was going to go forward. The point is, celebrities and such tend to cancel events whenever and for why ever, and it happens, and you have to have a plan B. Keanu had no plan B. As a result, tons of people, they, they actually had asked many of the holders to donate to support the project and support this thing that they were trying to do, but they never got their donations back. It wasn't a lot of money, but the point is they didn't get their donations back. The event didn't happen. The reputation of the token tanked, just like Ja Rule in the Fire Festival, same type thing. When you trash the reputation, it's hard to rebuild it. Keanu has not been the same since. It's now down. And so I can't say that they're a toxic community, but again, because they ignored certain due diligence things and they ignored certain flags, they go and they have this ego and they think that everything's perfect and they're not listening to when I just said, why didn't you have a plan B? Why did you go all in with this one? What was about, why didn't you talk about rescheduling? Why didn't you talk about the what ifs? What, these are common basic things that you should always do if you're going to go all in. And then the donations, why didn't the donation go to an escrow? Like I could go on and on and on and on as an audit, past auditor of the mistakes they made. However, the developer had the best intentions. It's just they don't listen because of pride. They don't listen to people like myself trying to tell them the right way to do it before they do it so that you manage that reputation. This is a pattern that I'm starting to see with a lot of these so-called mean coins. And Floki had two rug pulls. They were true rug pulls. The developer took the money and ran, period. It is revised again. In its third iteration, they resolved a lot of the technical issues. Now they're having communication issues. Like there's all these different things that they're doing wrong and then one or two things they're doing right and nobody's listening when we're trying to tell you this is easy to avoid if you're serious about making this work. There are certain fundamentals that we can help you to where you can make sure it succeeds if you truly want to succeed. If you just want to scam people, it's better if you just tell them like the token that's actually called scam and the guy straight said, I didn't tell you to buy it, but people bought it and he made a bunch of money off of it. Now I'm seeing Satama and it's going down the same downward path. It doesn't mean that people aren't making money in the short term. It means that there's a risk that they're going to lose a lot of that money in the long term. So that's the summary of rug pulls. And I'm seeing 
negative patterns. And I'm happy to talk to anybody that wants help to avoid it and make sure the things are on the straight and narrow because I want to succeed. We all should want these to succeed, not just be treated as scams, which is the current perception in the mainstream, is that many of these are just scams and each and every one of them is going to be a scam. And until we disprove that, they're going to continue to be perceived this way. Nobody should want that. If you're legit and you're serious and you want to succeed, you should be reaching out to people like myself who see what went wrong in other investments and use that knowledge to strengthen your own project. The vast majority of us will work for free. I might work for free. It depends on what you need. In most cases, toss me some of the stake and say, okay, for this, we're paying you for this consulting service. You're not giving it to me. I'm working for it. And I'll help you in any way that I can. Regardless, I'm concerned with the amount that appear to be going that path. And I hope that I'm wrong. I truly hope I'm wrong. And that many of these are just incompetent.